Hello, my friends. Michael Youssef here, and I just wanted to thank you for connecting with Leading the Way. Our entire team is wholly committed to passionately proclaiming uncompromising truth of God's Word, and it cannot be done without you. Learn more about what God has charged us to do around the world by clicking around ltw.org. That's ltw.org. Thank you, and may God richly bless you as you seek to serve Him. We often say timing is everything. And a lot of people understand this principle of timing. The traders know the principle of timing. The investment managers know the principle of timing. The military strategists understand the principle of timing. Farmers certainly understand the principle of timing. Oh, but Satan also understands the principle of timing. He knows it well. And he knows exactly when to attack. He knows exactly in what issue and what area in your life and in my life that he tempts and attacks. He knows exactly when you are down and uh, susceptible to his attack and his temptations. And then he actually tailored design a temptation or an attack that is absolutely perfect for your situation. <laughs> Satan knows when to attack your marriage. He knows exactly when to attack your business. He knows exactly when to attack your health. He knows exactly uh, when to attack your relationships uh, and when to attack your ministry, when to attack your faith and your trust in the living God. He knows when you think in your mind that you are on top of your game. He knows when you are down in the dumps. He knows when you're about to be blessed. He knows all that. He knows how to unleash his fiery darts into your life and into mine at the times when we're least expecting him. Certainly, you have to agree that Satan has been attacking a lot of Christians these days. He's been attacking a lot of Christian marriages these days. Through his spirit of discouragement, through his spirit of hopelessness, through his spirit of fear, through his spirit of doubt, through his spirit of unbelief, through his spirit of distrusting in the promises of God, he attacks. And this is not only the experience of many, many believers around the world, and among many among you, and certainly I know it's my experience, but all we know about this is from the Word of God. And that is why I want you to turn with me, please, to Luke chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. There is a passage that is very familiar to most of you. This is the passage about Jesus' temptation in the wilderness. And after three times, Jesus definitively and clearly through the Word of God, He trouts Him, and He defeats Him. And then after He has done that three times, verse 13 of chapter 4, I want you to look at it with me. It says, when the devil had finished all of his temptations, he left him until an opportune time. Some of your translations said, until a favorable or more favorable time. (laughs) Underline that verse in your Bible. 
When did Satan tempt Jesus to begin with? In the wilderness. His tempting of Jesus was calculated, and I'm going to show you from the Word of God. His tempting of Jesus was a time when Jesus was physically, emotionally, and mentally exhausted. After fasting for 40 days, the Bible said, he was totally spent. And you know, Satan does the same thing with us. Listen carefully. He is very calculating. He's very timely. He is very cunning. He's very strategic in his attacks. And he doesn't waste his attacks. Verse 13 again of Luke 4. After Jesus defeated him completely, Satan was looking for a more favorable time, more opportune time. And of course, we know what that was for Satan. It was in the Garden of Gethsemane, you remember. He came back. That was his opportune time. That was his favorable time. That was the time he came back to Jesus. Because Satan realized that if he could not target Jesus by dazzling him with the world domination, with sovereignty over the universe, he was banking that his fear of the cross, and not just the physical fear, but the fear that he is going to be separated from the Father when he carried your sins and mine on that cross briefly as it was, that he thought that fear can get to him. If he could not get Jesus to take that shortcut and get into being sovereign Lord of all without going to the cross, he thought that his opportune time would be in the Garden of Gethsemane. When Jesus was dreading, and make no mistake about it, Jesus was dreading the cross, he cried with tears and with sweating of blood, and he said, Father, if it is your will, take that cup away from me. He had not been ever separated from the Father. They've been in unity since before the creation of the world, from the very beginning, if there is a beginning. He knew that that's the moment of separation as he carries our sin. He knew that he was dreading this, and he thought that was his opportune time. And here, in one simple verse… One simple verse, Luke 4.13, the Bible reveals to us Satan's dirty little secret, (laughs) his dirty little secret. And that is why every believer in the Lord Jesus Christ must be aware, must be alert. Every believer in the Lord Jesus Christ must be on his and her guard as to understand when Satan attacks so that we can say with the Apostle Paul that of his devices or of his tricks or of his deceptions, we are not ignorant. That we're aware. But the question that most people ask is very simple. It's this, how can I prepare my heart, my soul, my spirit, how can I prepare myself for the day of attack? How can I know Satan's timing? (laughs) Someone would say, well, you know, there's no chance of me fasting 40 days and 40 nights and to get to that kind of situation, but probably that's not going to happen. Oh, but the principle is right. Learn from the principle. True Satan attacked Jesus at the end of the 40 days. He did not tempt him in the beginning of the 40 days. He did not try to tempt him in the middle of the 40 days. 
He came right at the end of the 40 days, and he began his temptation. And that is why today I want to tell you about the three major times in your life and in mine that are Satan's opportune time, that are Satan's favorable time in our lives. Opportune time number one, right after a great blessing that God has given you, after a great success, after a great victory. Opportune time number two is right before a great blessing, right before an answer to great prayer that you have prayed for a long time. And opportune time number three is when you're physically and emotionally and mentally exhausted. Number one, right after a great blessing. Verse 1, chapter 4, Gospel of Luke. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan. What does that mean? Well, he had just returned from the Jordan River, where he was baptized by John the Baptist. And there is the crowd. John the Baptist's disciples and many others are there witnessing. And in the middle of that baptism, Jesus was witnessed to by God the Father as who He is, that He is God's only begotten Son. You can't even imagine being there and hearing that majestic voice of the Father saying, this is my beloved Son. He is it. No one like Him. No one near Him. No one will ever be close to Him. This is my beloved Son. But guess what the next voice was. The Father says, this is my beloved Son. And the next voice Jesus hears is the voice of Satan saying, if you are the Son of God. (laughs) Have you been there? Immediately. After a great victory, after a great blessing, after a magnificent testimony from God the Father, he comes in after this great blessing and tried to trip Jesus. Immediately, when Jesus was on a spiritual high, Satan was seeking to send him crashing. Immediately after Jesus was experiencing one of the greatest blessings, Satan wanted to steal and rob these blessings. Immediately after Jesus was experiencing the power of victory, Satan was planning to burst his balloon. My beloved friends, listen to me. You and I need to be alert, need to be on our guard right after a great blessing right after being blessed of God, after a great answer to prayer, you need to be on your guard. After a great victory, after a great success, you need to be on your guard. One of the greatest dangers, listen to me, is when we see the effect of the downturn, but you are experiencing success. It's one of the great dangers. Watch out. Because the temptation is you're going to think, well, I'm really a clever guy or gal. I'm really genius. Boy, the others, I'm, I'm successful. They're suffering. I'm the source of my blessings. The great temptation is that 
Man, I, I'm the one who brought the success upon myself. The greatest danger is to begin to think that you are the fountain of your own prosperity. Watch out, because this is Satan's opportune time. Why is this Satan's opportune time? Listen carefully. Because at that time, you feel least dependent on God. Because at that time, you feel least in need of spending time on your knees before God. Because those are the times when you feel least in need of spending time with the Word of God. Because that's the time when you feel least bit vulnerable. Right? Why do I say that? Why do I say that? Listen to me. You may not like what I'm going to tell you, but it's the truth. Every one of us, every one of us, we cannot handle success very well. None of us handle success very well. And that is why your time of blessing, your time of success, your time of victory, your time of accomplishment is Satan's opportune time. Proverbs 16, 18 said, Pride goes before destruction and the haughty spirit before the fall. Now let me ask you this. Only you can answer that to yourself. Have you been blessed when others have not? Have you received a great honor? Have you just received a new lease on life? Have you experienced great victory? Watch out. Watch out. Because you are in Satan's fighting line. You are in Satan's most wanted list. <laughs> you are on Satan's target list. Let me tell you, the only way I know is this. is to stay as close to the Lord after a great victory as you did when you're desperately crying to the Lord for help. That's the only way I know how to do it. It's to take whatever you receive and you put it as a drink offering unto the Lord. Satan, opportune time number two. Right before a great blessing. <laughs> now, many of you are going to be encouraged by this one. <laughs> some of you are probably saying, Michael, man, I've been to hell and back. I can do with some blessing in my life right now. <laughs> I know. I can do with some victory in my life. I can do with some success in my life right now. Well, take courage. Luke 4, 14. Right? You got the key verses, 13. Look at 14. Immediately following the wilderness experience, that is the temptations of Satan trying to clobber Jesus, right immediately after that, Jesus began his public messianic ministry. Right after this time of temptation, of attack by the devil, immediately there was a great blessing awaiting him. There was a time for him to preach and teach for all the ages. Jesus is about to perform one miracle after another. Jesus is about to implement God's plan of salvation that has been in his mind and heart from the very beginning. Jesus is about to confront the peddlers of dead religion and dead rituals. Jesus was about to confront the religious hierarchy of his day, who, like the religious hierarchy of our day, have gone away from the Word of God. Jesus was about to open the doors of heaven wide open for everyone who would come to him. And Satan wanted to stop that. He wanted to stop that. Verses 14 and 15 of Luke 4. 
Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. And he taught in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. The greatest victory was awaiting Jesus right after he defeated the enemy, right after he defeated Satan. And your greatest victory is coming soon after you take a stand and defeat the enemy in your life. Your greatest blessing will be after refusing to give in and to give up. Your greatest success is going to come immediately after you're standing firm regardless of the price that you're paying. When you trust Him in the tough times, your greatest blessing is around the corner. You see, Satan is not dummy. He knows. He understands. And he will try to sabotage the coming blessing. He will try to sabotage your answer to prayer that God is about to bring in your life. Uh, He will try to prevent you from enjoying that coming victory. He will try to discourage you just before your graduation day. He will try to get you to give up just as your prayers are about to be answered. He'll try to get you to run out of patience and give up prayer. No wonder Jesus repeatedly said, don't give up in prayer. It was July 4th, 1952. A young lady by the name of Florence Chadwick weighed into the water off the coast of Catalina Island. Catalina is off the shore of California. And she weighed into the water ready to swim all the way to the shores of California and the California coast. Now, long-distance swimming was not a strange thing for Florence because she had already swam the English Channel in both directions. So that's not anything new to her. She has experience in that area. Ah, but on that day, the fog was so thick that you can't even see your hand in front of you. The fog just settled in that whole area from the Catalina Island to the coast of California. Even though she had a whole team of boats behind her, her trainer and her team was with her, often they will shoot rifles in the air to scare the sharks who are hovering around. And she swam more than 15 hours. (laughs) Think about this. 15 hours. And then she had to be taken out of the water. Her trainer pleaded with her. He begged her, stay in. We're getting so close. Don't give up now. Victory is in sight. But Florence looked up. All she could see is fog. Fog everywhere. So she gave up. And she quit only less than half a mile off the coast. She swam all this time. And she's less than half a mile away. And she gave up. Beloved, that's what Satan wants to do. When you are praying and trusting God, he wants you to give up just before the blessing is ordered by God. As a matter of fact, later on she would say in her own words, let me read them to you. 
She said, I am not excusing myself, but if I could have seen the land, I might have made it. It was not the cold water, it was not the physical exhaustion that prevented Florence from victory, but it was the fog. And Satan will try to keep you from receiving the victory that you have prayed for, that you waited for, the blessings that God had promised you just before it's answered. Satan's opportune time, number one, right after a great blessing. Satan's opportune time, number two, just prior to receiving a great blessing. Opportune time, number three, is when you are physically and mentally and emotionally exhausted and tired. For Jesus, that was Satan's opportune time. Forty days, forty nights. I am told that forty days is about as much as any human being can take before dehydrating and dying, literally. It's about the maximum anyone can take. And so, right at that time, he shows his ugly face. Chapter 4, Luke, look at verses 2 and 3. For 40 days he ate nothing during those days. And when 40 days ended, right at the end, when he was about to break his fast, and he became hungry, and the devil said to him, <laughs> this is opportune time, he'll wait until he exhausted. And the devil said to him, Forty days after fasting, when he was about exhausted, mentally, physically, emotionally, he was nutritionally starved. He was mentally famished. He was emotionally spent. And that became Satan's opportune time. Because when you're physically and mentally and emotionally drained, you are too drained to focus on God. I remember a, a dear brother many years ago, I went to visit him, he was just emotionally, physically, just out of surgery, and he was, he's been through a tough time, and, and I said, uh, would you want me to pray for you? He said, yes, please, because I can't pray for myself. And that's all right. You are too drained to have clarity of vision. You are too drained to stand against the temptation. And that is why, let me talk to moms with small children. Be careful when you, with your baby kind of constantly keeping you awake and you get tired night after night after night. You're going to get exhausted. Be careful. Do whatever it takes to get a decent night's sleep. Those who are sick and, and don't get enough sleep, watch out. Those who are stressed out in our society today and are totally drained, watch out. Because that's Satan's opportune time. You remember Elijah the prophet from the Old Testament? He had a great victory on Mount Carmel. When the prophets of Baal called upon Baal day after day, and finally they failed miserably with one prayer, calls upon Jehovah God, and he sends a fire and takes, licks everything, including the water. What a great victory. And he destroys the prophets of Baal. But then, out of fear of that evil queen Jezebel, he runs, and he runs for nearly 70 miles. 
70 miles. He just ran and ran. He was exhausted. And he's totally fogged out. His vision was unclear. And he goes in there and he puts his head between his knees and said, God, kill me. I've had enough. He just had a great victory. And you know what God said to him? How dare you do that? How dare you after a great victory? You sit here and say, take my life. Right? No. Say, Elijah, what you need to do is repent. <laughs> Elijah, what you need to do is a course in biblical theology. Important as that is to me. What you need is a course in doctrine to understand the character of God and the attributes of God. No. Important as it is to me. God said to him, what you need is a good, decent night's sleep. And in fact, he slept for several days. Sleep of exhaustion. And then he fed him. And he said, now I can talk to you. After you have rested. Why? Because when you're physically, emotionally, and mentally drained out, your mind will not function correctly. And God is not about to rebuke you when your mind is not functioning correctly. Why? Because when your mind does not function correctly, you are prone to overreaction. You are susceptible to blowing things out of proportion. Uh, You are vulnerable to exaggerating your circumstances. Oh, the world is coming to an end. (laughs) So be it. And Satan knows that. He knows exactly your vulnerable spot, and he'll aim his darts. And that is why when Satan showed Jesus all of the kingdoms of the earth, it's really basically the whole universe. Satan knew that Jesus came from heaven in order to arrest the deeds of the earth from his hands that he took from Adam and Eve when Adam and Eve followed him. He knew, but he knew also that he only going to get that after the cross, not before. So he was so hungry, and he was trying to show him a shortcut. Oh, shortcuts. God deliver us from shortcuts. Why wait? Why wait for marriage? Everybody does it. Why tithe? You need the money. Shortcuts. Forever tempting us. Shortcuts, shortcuts, shortcuts. And that's what he does with every one of us. Jesus was hungry. He was dehydrated. He was exhausted. But he knew that he has to go to the cross first. You know, all Satan did, really, he didn't ask him to do a big thing. I mean, he just said, all you need is just bend your knees. They say, yeah, shortcuts are very, 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 very inexpensive. Not much in them. And he said, just bend to me. And it's all yours, and you avoid the cross. Shortcuts. And that's what happened. When we are physically and mentally exhausted, Satan will offer you shortcuts. Shortcuts in relationships. Shortcuts in the use of your integrity and your ethics at work, shortcuts get you to do the wrong thing for the right reason. Let me ask you this. Are you experiencing Satan's attack right now? Take heart. Victory is around the corner. The blessing is around the corner. Answer to Christ-centered prayers around the corner. Are you flushed with victory? God has blessed you in some way. Take heed. Get behind the coattail of your commander-in-chief. 
for there is only one place where you can get the victory. There may be one here who have never really committed his or her life to Jesus Christ. They have not received him as Savior and Lord. They have not received forgiveness of their sins, have not received the gift of eternal life. Well, today you can say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. And together, whether you are close to victory or in victory or about to face trial, or you're about to surrender your life to Jesus Christ for the first time, let's all pray together. Father, only you know the hearts of each individual here. Only you know the very secrets. And because of that, you're the only one who can help us. Holy Spirit of God, come and dwell in us. For those who have grieved you, I pray they seek forgiveness. Father, for those who are seeking you with all of their heart, protect them from the evil one. And Father, I pray for those who are about to give up, about to give in, through the power of your Holy Spirit, give them the strength to press on and to anticipate the answer to prayer. For Father, we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 